That Chicago band Deeper from their new album for Sub Pop Records called Careful. And here are Nick and Drew to tell us how fame has taken them in another direction, just as it did for David Bowie. We wrote most of this record, I guess the entire record, uh, over the pandemic. So, like, um, you know, I think there were some obvious limitations with the fact that we couldn't be in the same room when we were writing a lot of right. stuff that, um, you know, actually informed it in a pretty cool way. So, um, you know, I think one of the limitations was um, the fact that we were writing a lot of the stuff with drum machines. Um, it allowed us to kind of like structure the songs where I think the, the melody is a lot more forward. Uh -huh. um, you know, when we're all writing in the same room together, it's like, you know, trying to like, you know, incorporate like Shiraz is like pretty complex drum beats will sometimes mean like, okay, we need to simplify the guitar part so that we can um, have some space so you can hear the drums. And I think, you know, over the pandemic, we really focused on just like coming up with interesting melodies that could kind of carry it in light of not having, um, you know, drums with a lot of moving parts. Right. So that was a, that was a, actually a kind of like a, a fun exercise, I think that kind of makes this record sound different than the last one. Kind of got a Krautrock feel about it all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Cool, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Oh, <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> Is that something you guys are into or listen to much? Uh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Definitely, yeah. I mean, the the title "Careful" is a uh, you know the the exclamation point in the end is definitely like a nod to like oh, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> so yeah, we did like a um, um, we yeah, did a so bunch far. of um, uh, just like every morning we would kind of start with like a drone or just like kind of like you know playing playing with each other and not really trying to do anything but like uh, recording it and we got about like an hour's worth of just uh, jams that we were gonna. We wanted to put together and we were going to do some sort of like a can. Um, I, forget, I can't remember how to say the record title, but like uh, do like a different I, vegetable. I think I know which one you mean, though. Yeah. <laughs> because with an O. So yeah, yeah, we, we definitely, yeah, we definitely like, uh, we like, we like Kraut Rock. How'd so. you get into that? I mean, you're, Chicago's a long way from Berlin. I don't know. I think like uh, just being able to have the internet at such an early age is like you know whatever like it just find go on youtube and just look up like psych rock and can will probably be one of the first bands that comes up you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think also it's like um it's funny like I, I don't even know how like i discovered it but like the generation under us you know the the really young scene in chicago like they're all about it like they kind of like call themselves the hello gallo they, the, like the the hello the Hello Gallo, they have like a zine, they call it the Hello Gallo zine. And it's like lifeguard and horse girl and some other like, you know, people that are like 18, 19, yep. 20. But it's cool to see them getting into yep. that and stereo lab and stuff like that. And with that in mind, I, I was hoping we could talk about the track Fame because there's a video with it. But uh, I have a note here. It's kind of a crap worky Devo kind of beat thing going on it, it, with it. So what can you tell me about the song? That was a, that 
was like me trying to learn how to program drum um, uh, beats during the pandemic. Right. I got like a Digitech um, with some, um, you know, uh, pandemic money, which is like a, right. a sampler. <laughs> and uh, right. yeah, just like, you know, I, I was just having fun with it. And I like, honestly, like, this is probably too much detail, but like the name Fame, I just thought it kind of sounded like the Bowie song Fame. So then I had to like right. uh, derange it a little bit more. But I don't know. That was yep. just kind of like it was just a fun. There, I think there was like another demo with the same drum machine part. Like there's probably like 10 different demos with it. And that was the one that like it seemed like everybody else when I sent it to them, they liked it. So it's kind of stuck. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And I think like. Um, yeah. So like, I mean, over the pandemic, we were sharing a ton of demos and I remember when Nick shared fame, I mean, I think one of the things that we were conscious about when we were, you know, kind of like sifting through demos was like, you know, what are the songs that are going to start to like, take us in another direction and fame definitely jumped out as like one that had like an interesting beat and something that we could build on in a really cool way. Um, and now I think it kind of like anchors the record as like one of the songs that really shows like, you know, um, you know, another sound that, that's in our um, our arsenal, right, I guess. Right. So, how did your drummer feel about you guys fiddling around with all these drum machines? <laughs> well, now he, he now he gets to mess with them. So, uh, you know, <laughs> the cool part about right. the way Shiraz is attacking like a lot of the um, electronic aspects that we've incorporated in the new record is he is playing the parts that we programmed uh like he right. has like triggers on his pad on his uh skins or heads i never know how to say it, the right lingo for drum pieces but he's got like all the triggers and they're up to like an spd and so he's actually like breaking down those um digital drum beats and, and doing it uh, in a more i don't know human way which is i think really cool to do especially when like it's so easy to do the easier option which is just to like press a button and it just goes, you know, but it's yep. more exciting for us because that's kind of been like the funner part about learning these songs and writing kind of in a newer way, like using the um, splice and sending, sending um, programs between each other is that now yep. when we're learning the songs, like we, we can kind of like invent a live version of them that I feel like makes it fun for us to do it over and over again. You know, there's, there's a, there's a little bit of a level of like, not necessarily jamming, but um, being a, we're a lot more free on the live songs. And so we, every night kind of feels a little different for us, which has been really fun to do. Yeah, I was thinking that the live thing for you must change along with this change in the way you written the songs and made them. So that must be it's having an like interesting that with, experiment for you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's kind of happened with every record. Well, at least for the past, like, out auto pain and careful we when we went and actually recorded it in the studio we didn't really care if we could play it necessarily live like we put a lot of parts we would we'd play certain parts together but then like we never really like you know some people want to do it all live and i think that's i respect that i really want to do that but why right. fucking why why hold yourself back sometimes <laughs> you know it's like that's the funnest part about having all those tools is that you can do whatever you want and now that's what yep. we do now that we're playing it out or we're about to play careful, you know, we're going to learn how to do that live and conceptualize it live. So you get both of it, you know, which yeah, is. And I think there used to be a stigma yeah. attached to seeing bands playing with backing tracks, but that has passed. Everybody's doing it so often and they're, they're not, 
you know, you, you, they, they've moved on. The audience has moved on. They're cool with it. So that kind of frees it up, I think, a little bit, especially yeah. for older guys yeah. like me. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I think the... Sorry. Yeah, Jay. Oh, I was just going to say, like, if, if we if we use backing tracks, like, I think it would be cool, and we, we would do it in a way that, like, makes it, like, adds to the sound and is not, like, a cop-out. Yeah. But I think the nice thing is, like, Shiraz's drumming style is, like, so athletic already that he's always up for the challenge yeah. like you know one of one of you know my demos was like the it was like 140 bpm or something and when we sent it to him he's like damn okay so then like when we were actually like standing the song up it's like he just has to be kind of like cooking the whole time and he's he's into that so yeah, yeah. and fame is followed by a track called every night which for me that's when i noted the bowie kind of berlin uh, Frip thing going on there, and I, I guess I read something where you guys thought the cars had kind of had something to do with influence the tune. So uh, that's an interesting dynamic going on. What's happening? I've noticed that that's the thing that happens. That's why I was, uh, was like, who wrote that? <laughs> you guys or somebody else? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely like the cars, but I, I mean, for me, like uh, on a lot of this record, I was uh, driving back and forth to Arizona with my uh, uh, my wife. Her, her family's from Tucson, Arizona, and we're in Chicago. Uh -huh. So like, you know, during the pandemic, we were going and staying with her mom and her brother and just like kind of, you know, getting out and dry, like definitely during the winter time, that's like our big time and going through the country and listening to like, I don't know, Bowie produced records, a lot of Iggy pop stuff. Like that just kind of like got me really inspired to start writing again. And I feel like, I don't know, it just sounds fucking cool. So <laughs> I mean like, uh, yeah. so yeah, it definitely influenced off of that a bunch. Like, you know, and like fame was like a perfect example of that I'm like, I feel like I'm ripping. So like, how can I not, rip with you know it's like it just happens when you listen to stuff naturally but sure. i called myself yep. out I think, also i think uh i'm trying to remember the timeline was was every night written before the pandemic i don't know but that was that because i remember like jam. that was a jam yeah we did that one actually that one was in, this, definitely... in our uh, space not not uh through the internet but yeah i remember that was like of all the songs on the record that one was definitely written the most collaboratively okay. um and yeah i just remember uh you kind of like starting to work that out like because i'm like playing keys on that and just coming up with like something staccato to like leave room for like nick's line and uh yeah i feel like we iterated on that one just a little bit and the, the structure came together pretty pretty naturally and i think like what what makes me excited about it because when i first started playing that keys line i was like is this too poppy yeah. you know is this like staccato thing like too poppy but like how like dark and deranged the back half gets, yes. I think actually like <laughs> makes it all work. You get like something that's like sweet on the front and then like something that like kind of like descends into something much more interesting yep. that you might not I expect. wrote the word intense at the end of it. <laughs> so it kind of builds up to this intensity nice. that uh, is definitely going yeah. on there. Yeah, that's cool. So we've talked about your drummer, Shiraz. Let's talk about, you have a, a track called Dual Bass. Uh, so is that mm -hmm. something that uh, your man Kevin is behind? Take your cell phone up, a night 
stuck in a body, yeah. Um, unfortunately not, but uh, that was... <laughs> Uh, no shade on Kevin, but uh, Kevin's a phenomenal player. I, every night, there you go, right there. But um, uh, yeah. dual bass, dual bass is probably the oldest demo. Um, it's it's oh, a demo sure. I did like maybe like in 2016 or something, and it right. was. Uh, I actually wanted, I wanted dual bass to be on auto. Oh, okay. This was like something that pulled up. Nick shared that demo with us in one of the final recording sessions. And I was like, I think we should put this on the record. And it was like, ah, oh, this is cool, but it's going to take a little bit more time and we want to get auto paint out the door. Which is funny because so it ended up definitely staying the basically the same as the demo. So I think like yeah. even the, the drum, well, no, Traz like down that one, instead of using the program that we, I had like on the tape, he broke it down and played it live in in the studio to make that beat but uh dual right. bass was just like uh it was just a jam i made like years ago in my room and i just had the cassette tape in the one that like lake song and um warm from the last record those were all on the same tape and it just said dual bass on it and i just thought it was a cool name so i thought about it as like there's two bass lines yeah. that basically duel each other so <laughs> i think that's where gotcha. my mind was going <laughs> Dueling bass. Yeah. <laughs> I think the cool thing about dual bass also is, um, well, one, we haven't even played that one together right. yet. We're going to next week. I'm actually really excited to play that one. I think it's going to really pop. Yep. Um, so it, that's another song where it's, it's going to be really cool as we kind of like realize these live. But I think like another thing about careful, just, you know, talking about dual bass made me realize this was like, um, Unlike other records, I feel like we preserved all of the like working titles right. um, of the songs. That's why like dual bass is just like one word. It's not even like broken down into two. It's like we really wanted to kind of like embody like how Nick just kind of like scrawled it on a on a cassette or something yeah. like that. All right. And you have a couple of little kind of instrumental interludes, some shorter, some longer. Is that kind of a way of tying the album together and making it a piece? rather than a selection of collection of random songs? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think also it, it's also like, I mean, you know, we're like a rock band. So it's like, I think like having like little like moments to give someone like a breath is also really nice because it's like, um, yeah. I mean, if you're just like listening to a rock record all the way through, some people just want like that energy, just like go, go, yep. go. But I think like, you know, like, especially like where people have like shorter attention spans, it's like, lean into I, I wanted to lean into something that like for those that really appreciate like a full record you could actually have like a kind of like a rhythm and a flow right. to it and like have a moment of like peace before like going into another song all right and lyrically um how much are the lyrics part of what you're doing i'm assuming nick writes them but i, I could be wrong uh because music wise there's so much there's a lot going on and i and like and like a track like um Airplane air kind of just repeats almost like a chant. So how do you approach that? And, and do you think about how your words are gonna fit with the music? Careful, I lose you. A cough, deceiving. I'm careless, you're dreaming. Lesson, I'm reading. Don't loosen your breathing. Actions resemble unique. In place, plastic. Screaming, I couldn't 
Yeah, typically I just like, um, especially when I'm demoing out something, uh, I'll, I, I like learned how to write songs by using a loop pedal and making loops of things. And um, so usually when I'm writing lyrics, I just kind of like find a block of like, I'll, I'll just kind of do it free verse where I'll make the music and then I'll sing over it off the top of my head and whatever comes on like the recording, I'll then start listening back and piecing it all together and kind of just let it happen naturally. Um, and a lot of the times I just get super lazy. So I'm just like, all right, that block sounds fucking cool. So the whole song's this now, you know? And, right. and also that's kind of going back to like the drones on the record. Like we just kind of always played with pedals. And so it just felt like sometimes like on the first record, especially doing drones was just to make it longer. And so <laughs> we could say it was a full length and not an EP. And now like, it's just like, why, the, why wouldn't we do that? Like, I feel like some of our strongest moments in the live uh, music is when we're playing droning together and, and improvising and stuff. Um, right, so right. that's what I like to do, especially with when I'm recording myself is I like to improvise and I like to just kind of like not really focus on um, necessarily a goal for the vocal line, but just like what, and sometimes it doesn't happen right away, but the best ones definitely do. And airplane air was oh, like yeah. the first, that was like the first week we got back from the pandemic hitting and everything kind of shutting down. And I just kind of like put all my gear together and built a little studio. And, and that was the first one that I knocked out. And I was just kind of just in a weird spot mentally, just after being, we were in Europe and then we were in the East and Southeast touring uh, in the U S when it all happened. And, just right. kind of like seeing things kind of shut down and like airplane air is like, you know, we were on an airplane and I was like, we got, when we got to England, that was the first time I saw somebody with a mask on getting off a plane. And then when we got, right. when we flew back to Chicago, uh, we were all kind of looking at each other. We're like, should we be wearing masks now? And then by the end of it, you know, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, you know, now knowing that like, yeah. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. And how's the baseball team's doing? Uh, Cubs are actually doing pretty good. Sox, uh, not very much. You're going to the Cubs, yeah. actually, on uh, Wednesday next week. Next Wednesday. It's going to be my nephew's first game, so it should be a good right. time. Yeah. Drew, are you a Mets fan now? Uh, you know, I just – I like the – I like <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Met a lot, you know? He's just a fair-weather uh, guy, you know? He moves to New York. He becomes a <laughs> – I love I love the Bulls. But he's not even he's not even from Chicago. He's from Columbus. So you know, there you go oh, well, again. There you go. Calling you out, dude. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm trained. I'm trained All right. Yeah. Well, before we break up the band, we'll just say goodbye. <laughs> so thanks for spending time talking to me. Awesome. Cool. All righty. Well, thank you very so much. Party. Good luck with the release. Thank you.